Hello world from Octopost headquarters. This is Radically Transparent, Octopost's original podcast show on B2B Marketing Now. I'm your host, Jennifer Gutman, Director of Social Strategy, and in most episodes of this podcast, we'll feature B2B marketing leaders who will share their radically transparent truths behind being a modern-day marketer and what it takes to grow ideas, take risks, and impact change. Today's episode is what we call a spotlight episode, and it's designed to zoom in on a hot topic in leadership today that has been brought to our attention from CMOs, VPs, and CEOs around the globe. Today, we're tackling the world of employee retention. Work as we all know it has changed, and so have our values when it comes to work. And while all of us want to be employed by a place of work that has increased flexibility, better perks, and greater transparency, today, there's even more at stake. Joining us today to discuss it all is Russell Rothstein, founder and CEO of IT Central Station, Perry Nalevka, founder and CEO of Penguin Strategies, and Daniel Kushner, founder and CEO of Octopost. All right. Perry, Russell, and Daniel, welcome to the show. Hey, Jen. Great. It's so great to have you all here. And for those listening, um, we know you're turning into the spotlight episode. And this spotlight episode arose actually because many of our marketing leaders that we've been speaking to shared uh, a bit candidly that something that keeps them up at night is, re- is, is basically retaining top talent. And it's not as easy as one might think. So we wanted to do a spotlight episode, bringing some great leaders together to really dive into the topic today um, and understand what organizations and leaders are doing in 2021 uh, to really support their employees while driving results and and retaining their top talent. So uh, here on the floor, right, anyone can chime in. We're going to kick off with getting radically transparent. How are you retaining and supporting your top talent? So I'll start. Thanks, Perry. Go go ahead, Perry. I think we we should also frame the question, right? Um, All three of us uh, are in what we call the startup nation in Israel, where there is an influx of investments and VC investment, and and there's a lot of uh, great technology companies here. So part of the the, the equation that we need to address or the elephant in the room is that there's just a lot of really great companies uh, you know within within two, two hours of driving you probably have you know hundreds of, of really great companies and so that's kind of a, a, a when, when you talk about the, the competitive landscape from an employee 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 perspective and that's created a, a, you know a, a drive for a lot of great talent and so it's not you know, whatever you're doing is just not good enough. So that that's, that's, I just wanted to frame that. I don't know what you guys no, think. That's optimistic to start, start the show. <laughs> I, I, what do you mean? Radically transparent. So this is it. <laughs> this is what we, this is what we deal with. I mean, and, and we're on different also, you know, I am on a little bit of a different side of the, of the, of the, the scale or the, the table from Daniel and, and, and Russell, who both have incredible companies themselves, um, is that I'm, I, I run an entirely marketing organization, being a marketing agency, and working with a lot of these great companies, um, which also, you know, it, it causes, uh, it, it, you know, we're working with them, so we look at how great they are. So sometimes it's it's like attractive to go work for them. So it's 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 a different uh, issue. But I, I just figured I'd, I'd open it up by by putting that on the table. I don't know if uh, you agree with that, Russell and Daniel. And that's part of the the problem. Not I didn't start talking about the uh, solving it yet. It's just uh, um, it's a good it problem out. to have. Let's get it on the table. Daniel, Perry, I mean, retaining, supporting, do you agree, disagree with Perry said? Let's let's get it all out on the table. 
Yeah, so, so I think that there's one thing there that Perry said, and, and I'll try to rephrase it, Perry, from rephrasing it incorrectly, let me know, it was like this connection or correlation between uh, the large amount of investments Israeli high tech is getting, right? And you compared that or correlated that to there's a lot of talent, right? I don't think there's a correlation. The fact that there's lots of money doesn't mean the talent pool increases, right? There's a, a, a set amount of talent uh, that, that you have in a specific uh, geographical uh, region, and maybe you have more companies demanding that talent. Uh, so, Jen, let's put another podcast on how to find the talent in the first place <laughs> in order to retain it, because that's a whole, a whole other, a whole other issue. Uh, but when it comes to to retainment, you know, I think what what the problem that VC money does cause is that money becomes a commodity, and you're, you're never going to be able to win or retain talent just based on dollars. Because whatever dollar amount you can give your next door neighbor or the tenant upstairs is going to give another 20 cents on that dollar. And then it goes on and on. And by the way, this is, you know, when we're recruiting, I don't think there is, it's extremely rare that we'll get a CV on any position where people are more than two, three years at a position, right? And there's keep on rolling and rolling. And a lot of this rolling is to do with increasing uh, salary and getting more of that money, which is coming from the from the VC. So I think the the whole thing about retainment is, is finding what elements can you offer to employees that is beyond the dollar amount. Because again, it doesn't matter what size company you are, you're never going to win with dollars. So one, we at Octopus we recently launched a employee wellness program. I can give a few. Uh, things that we've done there was basically a 10-step program uh, to, to make sure we, we, we keep the Octoposters uh, excited and, uh, and, and support their, their well-being. Uh, you know, some are like providing performance coach. Uh, so this is an outside uh, person who we pay a retainer and any employee, they can book an hour a month, an hour a week, whatever they need, someone to go talk to to help that employee manage their relationship between themselves and the company, between themselves and the manager, and, and, and another bouncing, a bouncing board uh, that, that helps them kind of sort out the dilemmas that they have uh, in, in their minds. That's one thing, a part of the performance pro program, which I think is very helpful. Another thing, more, maybe a little bit more materialistic, every employee gets a company credit card. Uh, and, and it's preloaded. Can I get one, Daniel? <laughs> wait, wait, there are limitations. There are limitations. It's not a, not a kibbutz. Uh, it's, uh, one, it's, it's limited to uh, you know, $100 a month, uh, but they can spend on whatever they want, right? That's in the area of being uh, company related, right? Which is you know, food, equipment for, for your house, rides, dinners. That, that, that's all company expense, right? If you go spend it on a Hawaii vacation, maybe, maybe you know, that, that, that'll be on the, on, the, on the borderline. But, you know, they, they can use this and then we can, new employees, they get an additional $100 when they start so they can set up their office environment if they're working from home a bit. Birthdays, we have another $100 for the additional birthday month so they can buy themselves uh, a, nice, uh, a nice gift. Uh, but, but it's things like that 
you know, that I think that, that goes a long way and, and, and it gives the, the, the employees you know, some another reason to belong to the organization, which is beyond the, the salary and, and, and benefits. Yeah, Daniel, the way I look at it, I see that there's four, four elements of employee satisfaction at a company. And so one is compensation, the financial compensation they're getting for working there. Um, second is their overall uh, ability to, to do good work. You know, is it, a, is it a, an environment where they're able to do work? They come home at the end of the day and they feel like they've, they've done their best work. They do what they like to do, et cetera. Um, a third area is room for improvement and room for growth, right? So is this a company that I can grow in? I can uh, have more responsibilities, get promoted? Are other people getting promoted in the company? So the, the third one is that room for growth and improvement. And then the fourth, which I don't think we've talked about yet, is just belief in the company vision. It's buying into the company vision, being part of something bigger than, than any one of us as ourselves. And so I think that Think, think of all four of those elements is important. Uh, too often, um, managers, especially you know more junior managers, are very focused just on the money issue. It's like, oh, that employee isn't happy. Well, let's give them a, a bonus or a raise. And sometimes, you know, that is one of the four factors. I'm not discounting it. Who doesn't like money? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but sometimes that's not what's going to make a difference. Uh, sometimes yeah. they just. They, they don't see a room for growth in the company. Or sometimes the kind of work that they're doing is just not aligned with what the kind of work that they wanna be doing, what they, that they excel at. You know, they're managing people and they don't like to manage people or, or they, they're great at managing people and they don't have an opportunity to manage people. Um, or, or we just, we as leaders, managers of the company haven't really well articulated why it's, it's uh, the company is going to be a, a huge success. Why what we're doing is meaningful, is important uh, in the, in the world, in the business world, what have you. So it's important. I find is to when the, if and when there's an employee who's who thinks is not happy, which of the four um, are the ones that we're not um, connecting with them? Yeah, no, I think you're uh, you, you hit you hit it on the head. I think that the I think, the, and there's one thing that kind of flows with all four of them, uh, maybe less on the conversation, and that's kind of what they call the what they call culture, right? It's not, um, it, it's the mindset of the company, and it, even if you if you're not consciously investing in it, it's there. It's, and it, you know, one of the, you know, one of them is how how it affects how how you feel when you go to work to, every day, and if you're able to get your work done. And if you're fighting politics all day and you, you, end of the day, all you did was move something from to the left to the right, but really didn't get any work done because you had to fight politics all day or is it, or is it, or is, is it toxic, is it not toxic? I think that that's really important. And that's that's also if the, if, if the company's able to, and that's a lot of times it's the CEO's role to, to deliver that vision in a, in, a, in, a, in a real concise way that it, and how does it affect my day-to-day -day work? And, and that's, Goes to you know back to where we said before. So a lot of kind of a lot of people like Daniel said go through, you know, their careers or at least the early parts of their careers jumping from one place to the other. I really like to to when when people find have, have actually done that already and and realize that the grass just doesn't get any greener. It's it you know they, they're and they're looking for a home and um, and being because not every employee will 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 buy into your 
culture, your way of, uh, of doing work and your way of, of growing it. And it's, so it's, it's also finding that, 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 that right person. Maybe that's part of that. Your thought, yeah, that next podcast angles, how do you get, how do you attract and, and uh, those people? Cause it's easier to retain the, the right people than, than trying to retain the, the people that you, you, you know, that, that are, that aren't a good fit. So I think it's, uh, it's really tying that in and, and making sure that they have uh, a clear, a clear uh, growth, uh, you know, like, like you said before, I think that that's something that's really important. And it's that, like you said, money is important, but if, if it's, you know, 20 cents to here or there, at the end of the day, that especially the more mature uh, employees will realize that the, uh, the, the, the bottom line is, is the, is, is the, is the whole package. Yeah. I, I'll, uh, I'll further that Perry. And, and also, I think this is a good message for, for the listeners, Jen is, Everyone, every single person should have their own personal plan. I really encourage every single person to have their own personal plan, right? A business has a plan, right? Everyone expects a business to have a plan. Um, I encourage everyone to have their own personal plan. Where do I want to be in three years from now, five years from now? And then within that, how does work fit into that, right? Do I want to be part of a really successful, fast growing rocket ship startup. And I'm going to, and I want to be working 12 hours a day, X hour, X days a week uh, to be part of that. Or is my personal plan to be more focused on my family and to have more balance and recognizing, you, you know, again, a, 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 just like in business, um, a coherent business plan isn't going to uh, say you're going to have maximum profits, maximum sales, maximum uh, EBITDA, ma you know, maximum everything. There's always trade-offs. Um, so as a person, um, everyone needs to to really think through those those decisions and what are what's really important to them as a person, and then to find a company that mat an employer that matches your personal plan. And 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 if a person has their own personal plan and they find a company that matches their their plan of what they expect from employees then it'll work out really well so sometimes you can have a really successful employee and a really successful company but they have different plans they have different expectations and, and that's and there's mismatches even though neither one is just at fault just it's it's not it's a it's a mismatch and so that's why i encourage everyone to create their own personal plan and then they'll get clarity about what they're really looking for for themselves from their employment question Russell, for you Russell okay, I have a question for you off of that I think you know a personal plan you know in marketing we always have our one page plans ready to go um, but when we're looking at a, a, a personal plan and I've I've had some of our CMOs on the show share before that they wish that their teams would be more transparent with them about their personal plan and there's some sort of sometimes some discrepancy or some sort sort of um, I guess nervousness or maybe um, intimidation to share that personal plan because they don't want to be perceived as you know if they want more family life they're not invested in the company or whatever it may be as a leader how would you recommend somebody to approach you with that personal plan to have the maximum best benefit from the employee and the company working together how do you encourage your employees to to have that conversation or is it a personal plan that you keep to yourself uh, well, we don't require, require, you know, I, I, I'm really a believer in, in, in uh, giving privacy to, to our staff. Um, I encourage it just like basically my, 
guiding light is just to do by example. So uh, here at IT Central Station, we're very transparent. I, I presented two months ago, our five-year plan. How many revenue, what our revenues will look like in five years from now? What our revenues will look like in three years from now? Um, and um, and we, we share every quarter the, all of the numbers of every department with the entire company. So, so certainly courage, you know, saying, well, we're, we're, we're revealing everything about the company. Um, you know, please do feel free to, but certainly wouldn't uh, put any employee on the spot to say, you, well, you've got to, you know, you've got to say, are you, uh, you know, what do you, you know, how much time are you going to be putting into the company and how much of your time you're going to be putting into your family? Um, but I certainly encourage, again, a, a healthy discussion with the person's manager. And because it, if, if the person, if there is that mismatch, like you said, where the person really wants more uh, time with the family, but they don't share that with the company, then there's going to be some frustration somewhere. Either, either they're, they're just not going to get the hours that, that they think they should be, and then their work, they're not going to get the performance that they want. And, and it's possible that being upfront, it could be that maybe that employee should be working um, uh, 80% instead of 100% and, and will be happier at the end of the day. So I encourage, encourage being transparency, but I don't, don't require it. <laughs> and I, I wanted to just jump in. Yeah, very. I, it's almost like that whole conversation you guys were, I don't know if you guys were listening into our, our last few management meetings because that is, was, was taking a, you know, a big part of it last, the last few weeks. Um, on the question of how much, how much responsibility for an individual's career does the company have versus the individual? And, you know, I think that that's, you know, a lot of times an individual will say, okay, well, what is the, what's the company going to do for me? But if the company doesn't know what you want, it'll just do for you what it's best for the company. And if, if, if you don't, if you have a, you know, so how do you encourage that? So first of all, I I, uh, I agree with Russell on the transparency side, and we do we do the same thing, right? So we have uh, we're very clear on what, what you know what what we want the company to do in the, every year, and we get up in front on a quarterly basis and say, hey, this is what we this is what we're planning our five year plan. This is where we are. Are we achieving it? Are we not? How many people are we going to hire? What types of people are we going to? So that if people are thinking about jumping to a different department or going into a new, at least they know what roles are going to be be hired in the next three, six months uh, so that they can uh, they can actually apply to it or, or think about it. So that's that's one thing, but it's, that's not enough we found because it's because it, people are worried. Maybe they're, if they, if they speak up, maybe their manager will be upset because they're, you know, and then be looked at differently. So how do, how do we, how do we achieve that? I don't have a, have a clear answer, but one of the things we're working on right now is it is creating very clear career paths that are possible, not like that you have to take. So it's not like this is what it, and, and, and start sitting on an individual basis. So each team leader, each manager will sit with their, with their, with their employees, especially the ones that are, are more quiet and, 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 and not as vocal about their plans and try to help them, at least from a career perspective, we can't. And, 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 and it has to be done on a regular basis because what's, what, what I've seen is you assume something because someone told you actually opened up and so said something to you about two years ago and you worked towards helping them create that plan. But then two years later, they started a family. Um, maybe someone's sick in the family. Maybe some, you know, something happy's happened. They had another kid, whatever it might be. And their, their, their priorities have changed and that's fine. But you, if you're not having that conversation with them on a regular basis, not once a year, at least 
I, I think it needs to happen once a month. We call it one-on-ones. Then you know, then then you don't know. So I think it's 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 the communication, and 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 it needs to happen more frequently. Yeah, I, I think that, that the openness and the, the dialogue between the employee and and, and the companies is, is a must, right? You know, Russell, you said that you're not forcing employees, uh, you know, to say what they think. Yeah, one, you shouldn't, you know, enforce it. Uh, but I think any successful relationship, you know, work or, or non-work, or even personal relationship, it has to be based on on that that dialogue. Otherwise. You'll be having conversations with yourself and, uh, and that never works. You know, what, one of the things that, that we also have in the wellness program is uh, sponsor training, right? Because, you know, one of your four pillars that, that you mentioned in the beginning, you know, was about that, that self-improvement and how you're going to grow, uh, you know, as a, as a person, grow in your career. Uh, so we have something which is quite unstructured, but, but it really helps in, in, in personal growth. And any employee can come to the manager or come to HR and say, I think I need this course. And, you know, we, we've sent people to Harvard courses, uh, to, to courses in the, here in the, in the, in the Technion in Israel, uh, Open University. Uh, and it can be anything as small as a two-day seminar to a year-long uh, uh, degree. Uh, and, and, you know, we will sponsor 100%. You know, I think it was... Maybe Ford said, you know, all those things go back to Ford, right? So, you know, I prefer a, a trained employee that leaves than a non-trained employee that doesn't leave. Uh, and, and, you know, for, for us, giving that, that training and that extracurriculum uh, education that we can't, can't provide internally, but it's going to help them professionally and also help them do their job in a, in a much more professional way. So I'm going to shift the conversation for a moment. Um, I think these are all pretty heated topics. And I think having a bunch of leaders in a room to hear it all, I think it, it, it hopefully for everyone listening, a leader or, or you know, a team member, that you're getting some valuable insight into how to approach right where you want to grow, how to approach your management team, um, and, and just thinking about your career. What I want to ask now, and there, there's two parts to the question, and you, you can take one part, both parts, no parts. Um, but when you think about your employee base today and all of the team members on, on your team, um, what keeps you up at night with the way things are currently run? That's one question you can answer. Or when you're thinking of your team and you're defining what makes an all-star at your company, could you share a little bit about the traits either that you look for or what you see on your team that you would say, yes, that is an Octopost or an IT Central or a Penguin Strategy All-Star, and this is why. Yeah, I'll, uh, so uh, about, about the All-Star. So again, the way I, the framework I use for thinking about that is something I learned uh, from Kim Scott uh, in the book, Radical Candor, highly recommend that book. Um, and there. there you go. Besides, <laughs> besides the concept of Radical Candor, she also, raises the concept of rock stars and superstars in your company. And yeah. it's really important, because you said all stars. Well, um, she, she uses these two terms very differently. A rock star is someone who excels in their current role, is dedicated to excellence, is great at it, but does not necessarily, or does not look to 
take on more responsibilities, become promoted, be that VP, whatever it is, um, as opposed to the superstar, where that's someone who is uh, looking to have always more responsibility, um, more ownership, um, greater promotion. And so I find a mistake that sometimes again, some junior managers make is um, judging someone that they should be, especially someone who's a superstar, right? I, we have a, a lot of young managers here at IT Central Station. A lot of people have sort of gr grown up and become managers. And, and so naturally many of them are superstars, right? Those are the ones who started and, and wanted to get that promotion and, and, and wanted to, to have more and more. And so they would judge people based on, are they a superstar? But you, you want to have rock stars and you want to reward rock stars, which is it's okay for someone to continue to be in the role that they're doing. You, you know, yes, bring innovation, bring new ideas to their, to their job functional area, but it's, it's not only fine, there are people who are like that and very important role in the company. And so it's important that you um, compartmentalize, like, is this someone who, and again, some people can change in their career. At this point, I wanna be a rock star and later on in my life, I wanna be a superstar, but where they are today, if they wanna be a rock star, that's great. Um, and, then, and then judge them, reward them, create their incentive plan based on their being a rock star. Um, Whereas sometimes superstar managers, especially younger ones, will um, think uh, somewhat that it's not okay to be a rock star. And I think that's an important distinction. Yeah, so one, one thing that we, we do here at Octopus, one, we, we try as much as possible to promote from, uh, from within. And, you know, for, it, it's very, especially for, for, the, for, the, uh, for the younger generation, you know, it's very, of sexy to be a manager and to, to manage a team and manage people and they all want to it's like that that's for them that's the advancement in in career and when you get there you're like wait this is this isn't good managing people right i want to let, let, let me be a, a sole contributor and, and enjoy what i do on a daily basis and deal with my own problems and not with anyone else's problems uh so you know when, when we do that shift and 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 uh in, in career at octopus we always give a way back and it's not just on on entering that management position saying you know if you if you don't want to manage after a month after a quarter after a year that's fine you can go back but but reiterating that uh and i think we we have lots of examples at octopus where people did go into management positions saw the dark side of, of managing people and went back to being the rock stars because it better suits themselves and their lifestyle and, and what they want to currently do in their career. So, you know, I think giving that, that fluidity, it's not, as you said, it's not. It's not a failure. It, it's, it's, no, a not success. A failure. it's a success to discover what you're, what you're excelling at, what you're great at, where you're great contributing at, and where you're ha most happy with today. So just to go back to Jen's question. <laughs> Thanks, Barry. <laughs> <laughs> always try, try to be, be the goody two-shoes here. But, uh, the, you know, I, one of the things that we, we that keeps us up at night related to him, there's a lot of different things, I'm sure, that keep us up at night as, uh, 
is there's 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 a you know there's finance there's sales there's marketing uh, there's all the all the compartments but I think from an employee perspective and I, I, don't, I think it's not s- specific to me but because we're a people business right we we re- we we derive our revenue from uh, from uh, from our people giving services to customers right everybody gets the revenue from customers so it's those people that are giving the service to the customer and those relationships that are being created between employee and I'm sure Russell and Daniel have worked with agencies or consultants in the past and if, they, if they're working with a company they you know whatever whatever that company is that main person that's connected with you that's that's your that's your connection with the uh, with the consulting company or the services company if that person leaves that that's that would keep you, that would be something that would keep me up at night one of the things that we've We've and, and this was very acute to, in, in earlier years. And one of the things we've been working really hard on to fix that type of an issue. And I think that could go together with a product. I'm sure you guys, as a product company, a lot of times there's one person who really knows the product, start to finish. Uh, you all know who I'm talking about, or you, you maybe you've solved it in a similar way that I'm going to mention now. And you're saying if that person leaves, I lo- I'm, the, the knowledge on that part, on my part, is the relationships is a big hole it's going to it's going to be very costly to fix so that that's something that keeps you up at night i think one of the uh one of the ways that we've we've done is we've we've, we've uh, moved from you know from uh what we'll call it account managers who own entire relationships maybe it's a product manager to to customer teams so that it's not as centralized as it used to be um and being able to 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 create a lot of uh, to to provide these superstars with a lot of to use the terminology with it with these rock stars that are that are that are working together with them, but also you know that those relationships are are guarded a, a little bit better. Um, so that uh, it, and, and 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 case in point, we had an an entire team disappear uh, uh, in in a very short time frame a few months ago. Well, it's, it's already eight months ago. And all days we, are- were able, we were able to get, you know, if that would have happened to me four years ago, I'm sure, you know, the customer, we would have lost a lot of customers, but we, we got through that whole process without losing one customer. So that that's something that's really important and, and providing that it, it, what it, it does as a, as a as a side effect is that it really empowers a lot more employees where, the, you know, instead of all the employees, you know, you have one account manager who tells everybody what to do and you have all these doers. You, you kind of elevate everybody on the team that they all own part of that relationship. So it's a... I think it's an interesting thought and something to consider, you know, that kind of that community management um, of of a lot of different things, kind of having, you know, not putting all your eggs in one basket, if you will. Um, with that being said, I know everybody has meetings to run to, and I promised everybody, you know, um, a 30-minute episode. So to stay true to that, with the three minutes that we have left, if you could in one word sum up your rock stars, and we'll do a little lightning round. Whoever wants to go, go. Um, but in one word, how would you describe your rock stars? I'm going to do a, a three, three phrase, three word <laughs> phrase. Go for it. Also always, always, be, always be learning. Always be learning. Yeah, I, I, I think that that one, we have a weekly meeting in, in each department, and the title of the weekly meeting is ABL. Okay, we have a common right? theme. And this is like in sales and customer success and you know, always be learning is, is a must. Yeah, I think uh, that's... But I'm going to give you one word because Jen wanted one word. I don't want to get into arguments with Jen. <laughs> Octoposters. Oh. Yeah, I think we have, we have a very clear culture code, but I'll, if I would pick one that's most important to me for penguins must be humble. Penguins must be humble. Always be learning and octoposters. 
Daniel, Perry, and Russell, thank you so much for joining me on this spotlight episode of Radically Transparent, and we look forward to many conversations with you moving forward. Thanks for tuning in to the Radically Transparent podcast brought to you by Octopus, the only social media management and employee advocacy platform architected for B2B. I'm Jennifer Gutman, your host and director of social strategy here at Octopus. And if you love today's show, we'd love if you subscribe, rate, and give a raving review wherever you get your podcasts. For more discussion on B2B social media marketing, be sure to follow Octopost on LinkedIn. And of course, to gain access to all our free social media marketing and employee advocacy resources, head on over to our website, www.octopost.com. Until next time.